0: In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
1: It's uh, all for play for still. I think so. Do you want to bet against us?
2: Good morning, everyone, and welcome to for the love of pomegranate podcast. And uh, yeah, we're still looking at Australian time for the moment, and that is because I'm joined by the wonderful Mark Holmes. And Mark is an Aston Villa fan based in Australia, and he was at the United game at the weekend, and he was at the Leeds game, and he's going to come and he's going to talk to to us about the buzz that was uh, that was in Australia around Aston Villa and do a little bit of a debrief um, of the of the tour so far. Firstly, Mark. Very, very welcome to the to, to the podcast. Well,
1: thanks very much for having me on, Neil. A huge fan of the show, so it's a bit of an honour to be asked
2: to come on. To be honest, so. <laughs> don't, <laughs> don't mind that. Don't mind
1: that. It's <laughs> an honour to talk to me at all.
2: Um, but uh, you guys may 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 notice here that's not an Australian accent. That's very much not an Australian accent. Mark is a fellow Irishman, and uh, he's in exile in Australia at the moment. Uh, but uh, he's, uh, he just informed me before we came on that he's going to have six weeks back in the Emerald Isle soon. So uh, I'm sure he's delighted for that. But um, he had a very forgiving boss, he told me as well prior to this, that gave him time off to go to watch some Villa games as well. And, uh, and and as I say, uh, we will chat about that. But firstly, Mark, like what's a, what's a man from Cork? Uh, following Aston Villa doing Getting So Lucky to Be Down in Australia when Villa started to go on tour down there?
1: Um, I suppose I suppose at the start, of, I grew up in a household. My dad was a Scouser. And my mother was from Cork. So on my mum's side of the family were Liverpool fans and on my dad's side of the family were Everton fans. My so dad would have nice. been a season ticket holder for Goodison Park for years before he moved over to, to Cork, you know, my mother. Um, I don't know. I suppose then I just started, uh like... Going to school, probably you know yourself, Neil. Most, most fellas were Liverpool and Man United fans. And the yeah. year that uh, Villa were fighting uh, United to win for the first year in the Premier League, I think I just went a bit against the grain, you know, because everyone was supporting United. And we beat them in the Coca-Cola Cup the final year and then the love just really took off from there, you know? Yeah. And yeah, I uh, think
2: that, that, that 94 Coca-Cola Cup final, I think there's a lot of Irish Villa fans that can pinpoint their, their love for Aston Villa for that win. And I suppose it just goes to show as well that winning breeds... You know, breeds a new new breed of fandom as well, specifically within the younger generation and hopefully uh Hopefully our brilliant win in the Queensland Champions Cup will breed that that love <laughs> and that fire down in Australia for Aston Villa as well.
1: <laughs> I tell I think with the 94 the Coca-Cola Cup, I think as well. You have to remember too that rolled into the 94 World Cup. So you had Paul McGrath, Steve Staunton, and Andy yes. Downs, and Ray Elton. Yeah. So it was a, it was a couple of months there where Villa was really prominent, you know. So I think that that would have grown a lot of fans. But it was a year um, before I kinda I started following them, but that's where I kind of grew in off the love from it. Yeah. Yeah. So Missed around in Ireland for a few years. And then when I was 23, uh, 14 years ago, 2008, I jumped on a plane and went uh, traveling, yeah. And um, my mate mate came out here before me and I was going to book a return ticket and he was like, don't even bother, you won't go home. (laughs) So he was right, Here I am now, uh, 14 years or whatever later, as an Australian citizen of an Aussie passport now, Mrs. Australian, Australian kid, so. Yeah, so it's been... uh, yeah, so that's that's uh, what brought me down here. Cork's <laughs> loss is
2: Australia's gain. So Cork's loss. I wouldn't Australia's say that. No. <laughs> but, uh, but you think as you say, as, excuse me, as you say, as I say, um, you know, a lot of people would have killed to be down in Australia for the tour at the moment. And something that we've spoken about, and my seven Paddy have spoken about, my seven James is on the podcast has mm-hmm. spoken about recently is that Villa seem to have done a bang up job of PR for this tour, and they've seem to have really, really looked into kind of getting immersed to it in. Everything from Australia, they, they went with the Australian rugby team for, for uh, you know, photo shoot, video shoot and stuff like that. Uh, obviously, that little kid in Townsville, Aston. And just everything seems to have been very nicely coordinated with a real family team towards it around Australia. But that's just my view from, what, 20,000 miles the opposite direction. But what was your view, I suppose, realistically at the Leeds game, which was kind of like... A, a Wednesday night in, in in Birmingham, except implanted down onto onto Australian side.
1: Um, it was um, it, yeah, like what you were saying about from the club's point of view, like I think I think the the, the phrase of the whole trip was that big club mentality. You know, that's mm-hmm. that's 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 what uh, Like I'm I'm sure if you asked Stephen Dread in the morning, he would have wanted to keep the players in England. Like, but he's you he know he knows how important these are to be a big club. You know, like the commercial mm-hmm. trips and stuff. You know, and um, I think it was a huge success. I mean, off to Brisbane. Flew over there Friday night. Went to the Pig and Whistle bar organized by the fans. Um, met Ashley Priest over there. Peter Witt was around there, and um, just like you were meeting like um, you were meeting like Villa fans f- are 55 years of age, Australian, you know, Brummy parents, sported Villa their whole life, never seen them play, you know. And you were hearing this all the time. And I, just the buzz over there was it was just lovely, you know, because the time difference and stuff in Australia, like I mean, I get up at three o'clock in the morning to watch a game before work, you know, you're doing that on your own. So mm. it was to be, to feel like, you know, just the situation of having so many Villa fans around and you could just feel the anticipation of it, you know, it was just, then the following morning, they had a big event, some of the big events were actually organized by the supporters themselves, to be fair. Really? And um, all the pub events and stuff in Brisbane, yeah, Um, purpose was a bit different, all right, but then in the morning of the game, like the atmosphere was just, all oh, the queues outside the merchant shop, merchandise shop for people and yeah, it's just uh just a good buzz, you know. And then you went down to the um, the, the game, the team she got named out, and Suncorp Stadium itself is a beautiful stadium because it's a it's an NRL rugby league mm. stadium, you know. So it's perfectly square set up for the for the for the football. You the, you, the view the perfect anywhere you sat. It's just a great stadium, and it just had that little bit of a feel of it being Leeds and stuff. And a lot of Irish Leeds fans too, you know. There was like the Leeds were well supported over there too, and um. It was, uh, yeah, just a good day out, mate. And then um, there sort of a big session then afterwards. And, you know, <laughs> um, I can imagine. And on, on the Monday, then they flew to, um, there was a big problem with people getting their flights cancelled between Brisbane and Townsville. Um, really? you know, I suppose it's going on in Europe as well at the moment, like those flights have been cancelled. I was lucky, I did no know what delays at all, but there was one flight going from Sydney to Brisbane and it was the 6 a.m. flight and people got a message at 3 a.m. saying the flight was completely cancelled. No, um, oh, yeah. So I wouldn't, then, I wouldn't
2: fancy the drive from from Brisbane to Townsville either. By the looks of it in the map, no, no. Um, <laughs> you're not going to do it. Like <laughs> so you'd, uh,
1: you'd some fans missing the Brisbane game because the Sydney flights were getting cancelled, and you had some fans missing the, the 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 Townsville side of it. But um, down the Gold Coast where they were training, the the the, the players were meant to be fantastic, like giving out kids presents and you know mm. just just really embracing it, like you know. But, yeah. uh, um, and it's uh. Ah, oh, it's important that they remember that. I think, to be fair, I think Leeds actually probably put on more stuff as a club in Brisbane than Villa did. But I think they really geared everything towards Perth, the WA, for the big game against United. I think you know, um, mm. as I said, a lot of the stuff was fan-led over in over in Brisbane. You know?
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's yeah. Uh, and that that's an interesting one, I suppose, as well, because you know Leeds didn't have that. Like they played Brisbane Road, they played they played ourselves over in Australia. I actually don't even know who else they played when when they were over there. But that was probably their and I hate saying this, but that's probably their big one. That was probably the one they were setting their stall out for. And you probably can't have conflicting kind of events in. Well, you could because obviously Brisbane's a massive city. But I suppose those conflicting events might have might have uh, you know might have cancelled each other out. But obviously, if the club were going to put all their effort into the into the Man United one um at at the other side of the at the other side of the, 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 the coin should I say. Well then that's something as well. But it's interesting to know that it was all fan led because I suppose, you know, that local knowledge that fans would have of the area and you know where's going to be good, where it's going to be easy to get get people settled, where to go to where not to go to and things like that. Sometimes the the club could just go Boom, and we're going to go here. And, you know, it mightn't suit everyone. It might be the most cosmopolitan one, it might be the most upmarket one. But, you know, everybody down there will know a fella who owns a pretty decent big pub who'll be able to put on a right show for people. Oh, that, and it'll yeah, probably that's... mean more to him, that intake, as opposed to, like, I don't know, I'm going to be really stereotypical and say, going to a walkabout or somewhere in, a, in, in <laughs> yeah, the yeah, middle yeah. of town, you know? Uh, so. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. no, that, that that is good to hear, I suppose. In a way, it's good to hear that the fans did it and the fans really took the bull by the horns and led, led the initiative there. And you went to the Leeds game, Mark, you went to the Leeds game. Was it as... Because, uh, like, it sounded like there was a super atmosphere there. Was it as good in person as it came across on the TV?
1: No, um, like, the atmosphere was all... It was, it was okay. It was good, like... But, like, the Leeds were probably probably louder, to be honest, because they got all into one big section behind the goal. All right. Uh, there was. I think ticket tech, the, the, the ticketing operation, they they made a bit of a mess of the tickets for the areas for a while. But it was forty thousand. They're well supported and stuff. But um, it's uh, look, Neil, it's it's the I don't know if you you know the Aussie rules football over here. I do. The, yeah. See, the atmosphere is okay, but like it's it, it's not segregated. So apart from behind the two goals, was the fans were segregated. Whereas like where we were sitting, like you could have a row of seven Villa fans next to a row of four Leeds fans. It affects oh. the atmosphere a bit. It does. Yeah. It, it yeah. Does, uh, because the AFL do that, like, it's not segregated in the grounds in the AFL, you know? Um, so, whereas, like, and I know that shouldn't really matter, but it makes a huge difference, to the atmosphere. When, 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 yes. when, when it's not being focused in one area, of the singing or whatever, you know? Whereas Leeds got a big area behind the goal, so they, they got... Villa had a big enough area behind the goal as well, but... Um, no, the atmosphere was good, but it wasn't, you know? Yeah. It, is what it is, it was the pre-season, but they, I think the atmosphere and the buzz up to the game and after the game is where it was kind yes. of fantastic, you know what I mean?
2: And did it turn sour in the stadium with actually would actually Gray was 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 taken off because like social media just went into meltdown and like it turned out two days later he was walking around the place and he was actually fine, you know. Um, but I think there was this there was something always brewing on social media or whether it's on social media or not on social media between Leeds and Villa and more so coming from the Leeds side of things that it's a case that, oh they're going to do something that's going to be absolutely awful and we have to hit them again. We have to hit yeah, them all man. over again. And and yeah, look, the tackle wasn't great, but he's he's fine. You know, he's fine again. And, uh, you know, I think there was an awful lot made out of it because uh, while it wasn't a great tackle, I could see what McGinn was doing to try and get the ball. Yeah, he stamped on top of his ankle as well and you can't take that away from it. But what was the atmosphere around the stadium when that happened? Because it wasn't the, 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 the,
1: the referee The referee... Like he 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 didn't really have much control of the game, to be honest. You know, yes, it, yeah. from a spectator from a spectator sport like uh, point of view, like you want to see that in the game. It added a bit to it, you know. It was like a real feel to it, you know. But like yeah. it, it, they were hammering McGinn over that tackle. But what like buckets what lost straight away is the young Gray is absolutely leather Bundy two minutes before it. Yeah, you know what I mean. So like if you're going to play big boys' games, like it's it's going to come back to you, you know. And yes. Yeah. That's, that's, uh, um, I think it added to the game. I think a lot. Look, no one wants to see him getting stretched off either. No, no, it's not. Um, no, no. um, he 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 was fine. I think it was well known pretty quickly, too, that he was pretty fine, you know. But, yeah. uh, I think, uh, I think Jesse, Jesse Marsh was making more of it than anyone. He was animating the sideline, shouting him again, shouting at, uh, you know, shouting at Gerard, you know. But, they, look, I think it got, to me social media blew, blew it out a lot worse than what I felt in the stadium, you know. Yeah,
2: and um, look, obviously we we got when you said the ref didn't didn't have control of the game, he still gave us two penalties. Yeah, he <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, yeah, gave yeah. as well, and uh, I would have literally, I would be a homeless man right now if I had uh, if I had a betting app on my phone and it gave me the option to select will Coutinho score this penalty, I would have put my whole house on it that he was going to score the penalty, and then yeah. if the app had said double or quits, um, for would he if it saved would he score a rebound, I would have bet somebody else's house. I that as well. Was, and I would have been some else homeless. I I don't know how he missed the rebound. I, I like that the, the rebound was
1: nearly worse than the penalty. <laughs>
2: yeah, it was. And and look, he went. He went. He went across the goalkeeper again. But like, first of all, the penalty was a perfect height, and second of all, the 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 rebound was. It was neither here nor there. Right, he went across the goalkeeper. He didn't go across far enough. But look, as I say, it didn't really affect the outcome of the game. But um. What was it like seeing him? I suppose in the flesh, like because I when I went over to see him in Norwich, I was really looking forward to. It, but he had a kind of po- he, I won't say the poor game; he had a, he had a kind of a lacklustre game, and a kind of he, he sparkled for bits and pieces in that Leeds game. But you know, for me, I when I go over when I, when I went to see Coutinho specifically, see him in the flesh, I'm expecting to see stuff that I have seen before. What was your view on him?
1: Um, you can see the positions he picks up, very good. You know, like I mean, he but um he's very patchy. Like you know, like he's. He does some brilliant stuff. Like, like he's not doing brilliant for 45 minutes. He's in and out mm. of the game. Um, he, like, he set up a chance there for, for Watkins. He was on, onto it on a flash. I, I, I wanted to centre yeah. the back. I sure which one slipped. He took the ball. Gone. Watkins, Watkins missed the 1-1. I said, right, I'm definitely at a Villa game. I'm definitely at a Villa game anyway. <laughs> <laughs> like he, he had so much time and space to finish that. I, 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 he just went the wrong option. He went tight, but the, the, the piece of play for it was just fantastic. Yeah. And there was a there was a little passage of play at one one two between himself, Kamara I think, and maybe Bailey where 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 uh, he shimmed and let it run. It was a brilliant piece of football. Apart from those two or three bits, he was just he was just there, you know. He's <laughs> just part of the yeah. game, but he wasn't spectacular or um he wasn't bad or spectacular. He had a couple of really good moments, but you expect you know for the hype around him, you expect him to be controlling the game. I thought Kamara yeah. was exceptional in that first half. He just he controlled the game, you know. He um. Like for the, those first 45 minutes, I was like, right, Kamara, this is exactly the kind of guy we've been missing, you know? Yes. And, and Bailey as well. Bailey, I thought it was just, yeah, I thought he, he was just he was brilliant to watch. Like, yeah, yeah,
2: better get your bum off the seat. Kind of a situation with his pace yeah. and the fact that he's a direct runner. And you know, I thought he was good against Walsall as well. And obviously, we'll get onto the United game in a minute, where when he kind of came on and changed the game. And, and you were fortunate enough to be there to see it, shitty pitch and all. But you were there. To, you were fortunate enough to be able to there to be there and see it. But John Bailey did play well against Leeds as well. I thought that he was able to. He, he's carrying the ball is important because we need ball carriers.
1: Himself and uh, Matthew Cash, I think they they look a threat down the side in in, in that game against Leeds. I can't remember who was playing left back for Leeds at the time, but he was stro- he was struggling. Leaf
2: Davis, I think his name yeah, was.
1: Yeah, 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 and 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 it, they, they looked like they had played the full season together last year, Cash and, and Bailey, because like, Bailey was helping them out big time in defence, with the, the overlapping and stuff, it was it was really good to watch, and um and. Because it was the first proper preseason game for them after the game, and it's like you knew everyone was going off for 45 minutes. But I just kind of wanted to see a bit more of Bailey because, yeah. you know, he's had, he's had such a hard time too here. And I think in a game like that, oh, look, I know he has to look after their fitness and stuff, but I think a game like that when someone's playing well like that, give him that extra five, 10 minutes, you know, keep the confidence building. But I think he probably has to protect him as well, you know. But from, exactly. from a selfish point of view, I would like to have seen him kept on for another 10 minutes because he's, he's always trying to do something.
2: Yeah. And it may not come off. And as you say, he didn't yeah. have the best of seasons last season with injury yeah. and, and form wise and stuff like that. But climatization to the Premier League isn't just flick a switch and you're there. You know, no. he's a, he's coming from he's coming from the German league. He's also he was also coming back half injured from um from the Gold Cup or the Gold, yeah. whatever I think it was. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. there was there, there was all that as well. So. The Leeds game, look, as I say, I think the Leeds game was one that uh, it was a really enjoyable game to watch. I think I think both teams played a part in that. Also, I think the ref played a part in considering the fellas yeah. were out getting each other's faces, Diego, Carlos, and so on. But then you went on to the United game just uh, just yesterday as well. And you mentioned that the club put on a lot of... like, What did the club actually do for that? Like, What
1: was the, the club-led right, so activities? They, um, about they, that. they kind of handed over... Um, the running of it to a, to an events company, right? So the events yeah. company ended up on the Thursday night, um the WA government and uh, in association with this events company they put on a, a night with Christian Perso and Stephen Gerrard at, yeah. a, at a conference room. But those tickets just sort like that. And it was $150 and that was like for your speeches and your like you know dinner oh, dance type yeah. thing really good food drink included. Um apparently now I don't know what truth is in it, but I heard a lot of Liverpool fans snapped up the tickets. And I don't know what? if that's true or is that just a few Villa fans being bitter because they couldn't get a ticket. But it, it did sell out like that. It would just 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 went, uh, the event, and they started surfacing for a bit more expensive. And then it just Jesus. Com- completely sold out. So that was really hard to get tickets there. Um, I know a couple of people who went in there said it was good, but really rushed, really done. Because they were, weren't long off the plane into Port, I think, you know? Yes. yes. Uh, and then, Friday. then on the Friday, in the raffles. Now, this is the thing I was disappointed I didn't make it because uh, I had to work and I, was, it was, I thought it would be on a bit later in the evening, but it was on from 4 to 7 in the raffles. So for United, Villa, Palace and Leeds, the four teams that came over, they all got given a specific bar to be their host bar for four to three or four days or whatever they are. So so the raffles got to host all the Villa events, another bar, the United, so on, so forth. So on the Friday night from 4 to 7, they had Peter Witt and Elmo in the pub. Yeah. They'd done a Jersey launch, but they didn't say yeah. any this. So um, and then they just said, three first-team players will, they, will, will attend, but they would never announce the players. Well, mm. I couldn't make it. Next night, one of my mates sent me a, sent me a picture. And this was Danny Ings, Ezri Kansen and John McGinn turned up at the pub. Yeah. Sat down, oh, down down doing it with them. And they were all wearing the away kit. The mm. new away kit, and then they launched the away kit, you know. So that was, they, that was meant to be a brilliant night. Um, and then the following morning, that same pub, done a pre-match event again from the club, and Peter Witt done a question and a Q&A before the game down there. So, yeah. just things like that, you know. So, there was a little lot more effort put in kind of NWA, like, you know.
2: Yeah. What do you make of the new way shirt? I like it. I, I yeah. like it, yeah. I like yeah,
1: it, too. I, yeah. Um, I haven't really been a fan of Villa shirt in a while, no. I'd say the cha- the, the, the Luke Championship one is probably my last favourite one. But they're home and away. Both look decent. They look tidy. The players look smart and, that, and I like it, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah I, I think so, too. And, you know, there was a lot of a hullabaloo about whether Castoria were going to meet the mark. And, you know, when people started getting the jerseys in their hands, they were like, jeez, these are nice quality stuff. And yeah, mm-hmm. and uh, if my better half is watching this, I didn't order both of them on, on Friday night. <laughs> no, but I didn't if, order. Uh, but if but if two jerseys get delivered during the week, I did not like, <laughs> Hashtag gifted or something like that. I don't know what the story is, but uh, yeah, yeah. it certainly wasn't me that ordered them um but it's uh, yeah like that that's that's a that's an interesting one as well you know the fact that that no one was expecting the away shirt launch now everyone was kind of going probably we'll do something over in australia but no one was expecting it and look that would have been a great one to get there and you know that would have been super if you did get to it but uh unfortunately um unfortunately you were unable to, do, unable to get there but on the day of the game what was the build-up to the actual game like I'd imagine Man United were very, very well supported down there by Australians who are, uh, are maybe more fleeting yeah. with 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 football They're um, in and out fans. Man
1: United are huge in Asia, you see, and there was a lot of. Oh age, yeah, of um, the last time, the last time United were over here and played an up they played Leeds. I think it was two thousand and nineteen, pre COVID, let's say, right. And uh, I think they sold out the up the stadium, and they sold tickets in thirty different countries, apparently. Every.
2: Jesus. Yeah. yeah, so they
1: you know, because that are just huge in Asia. Like so you've got a lot of Asians snapping up the tickets and flying in now after COVID has opened up. You know, yeah. so 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 United, you, know, you know, they're they're big. There's there's no denying it. They're big. They're 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 massive. Like yeah, they're big. big yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, from from a merchandise type and uh, commercial side of things, they're, they're they're very big. You know. Um, but I tell you, the rain was absolutely biblical for three days, and it's um it's there was actually a period where they were talking about canceling the game. There yes. Was, uh, yeah. Yeah, it was um. I think who who was I reading? I think Johan Langer and someone else. Um, I don't think it was Porzo, but someone else. They went out to inspect the pitch about five o'clock because there was a lot of lightning being hit and all that. So in the end, they went they went for it, but the pitch the pitch was destroyed, like, Um, because they played Leeds and Palace on it the night before as well. Mm. And, and recently you've had like the state of origin was on the other day. Yeah. You've had Australia and, or, and New Zealand, Australia and England in the um. In, in the rugby union as well, so you've had a lot of games on it, but I think it was the Palace Leeds that night before in the rain really dug it up, you know, which is a shame because it is actually usually a good pitch, but because it doesn't really matter how rough the pitch is in the Aussie rules, yeah, um, yeah, 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 uh, yeah. So it's uh, it was a shame because like you they go to play the ball and you could see the ball slow down. I don't know if you could pick that as up as much yeah. on the TV, but and this it was very evident in the stadium, you know,
2: and it, it, it I saw that too, yeah, and. In the first half, you could see that United were favouring the left-hand side for two reasons. It was probably the better of the two sides from the quality yeah. of the pitch. And second of all, um, they had Rashford down there and they just doubled up Rashford-Shaw and they pulled Martial out there as well at times. And yeah. Matty Cash, there was, there was some times there where Matty Cash was dealing with two or three people um, down that right-hand side. And of course, then he scored the own, the own goal. And, 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 you know, a lot of people can look at that and go, Cash was useless. Cash, was, Cash had a very good first 35 minutes. He oh, misplaced 30, a couple yeah. of passes and then the own goal happened and, uh, and then he just kind of... like, But the own goal happened as well. It was like... It was, as you said, biblical. It was torrential rain. And uh, there was one. There was an image of Lindelof. He couldn't actually see where he was going to play it in front of him. He was kind of <laughs> like this. He, like The yeah. rain was just coming into his face. But, um, you know, on another day, if that if that ball comes across and Cash puts that up over over the crossbar and it goes up for a corner, I think we're probably talking about him in a different way. But they're if very it much... It's not right, like they yeah. targeted him because they thought it was a weak link. I very much think that they played down that side of the field because it was potentially the better of the two sides of the field, if that makes sense, uh, on, based yeah. on the... The quality, of the
1: side, the um, the Rashford. Ra- I thought Rashford looked lively now, to be honest. And uh, but Cash, Cash, as you said, for thirty-five minutes, Cash. I thought he was excellent. And 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 he had a tough, he had a tough first half, you know. Like there was, as you said, there was a lot coming down his his area of the pitch, you know. But um, I was lucky where we were where we were sitting in the stand. The wind was going the opposite way, so we were staying dry, you could just see the stands emptying on the other yeah, side. Yeah, yeah, way. yeah. Absolutely, yeah. it was insane. Yeah. Um, but, uh, but the match itself. Yeah, I just thought we were poor enough in the first half, to be honest. man, man mm. United were far better than us in the first half. I mean, Fred, Fred was running the show, and Fred should not be running the show like in the middle of <laughs> No. You know, let's be honest, you know. Um, it's, um, it comes back a to, bit to Coutinho as well, you know. like if, 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 he's not, if he's not on the ball, he's not really... He's not trying to yeah. tackle, he's not closing down space, you know. And that was the big difference when you seen Buendia come on. Of course, he's not, he's not, everything he does isn't right, like, but everything he does is does with effort, you know. Yes. Yeah. Like, he wants, to, he wants to be there. He wants to make things happen. And it was just just when Bailey, you could see even at the half-time there, like, when they come out win, they were eager for that whistle to go when Dean and yeah. Bailey, like, they were they were moving, they were ready, and it just straight from the off, they looked, they looked a different team, you know? Yeah. And I hope that sends a ma- message to the manager, too, because, like, you know, it, like, it, it has to. Like, continue we all want Coutinho on the team. We want a good continue on the team, but he has to be be dropped as well if, if when has yeah. deserves the place. And it, it's not going to... Yeah. It's not gonna work if, if it, that doesn't
2: happen, you know. Exactly. Yeah, and I know that, that Stephen Jarrett even, you know, in the bits and pieces that we've seen or we've heard from him, he's spoken very glowingly of how Bailey has held himself in this, and same with Wendy and even Callum Chambers as well. Yeah. He's spoken well of Callum, Callum Chambers too. But uh yeah, I think over over the next few weeks, myself and Patty will be having an awful lot of conversations about whether Watkins and Ings are actually um are, are, like where because it's 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 not happening for the two of them together. We're what eight months down the line of uh of, Jared being in there and trying to play them in this system, and I, and and for me it's not the Gerard system. I think it's just these two, like Coutinho and Ings together. For me, I don't think you can have Coutinho and Ings in the same starting team. I think they slow it down way too much. Ings for Ings gets around the field, but um, I just find, I find him. Incredibly slow, and if himself and Coutinho are caught at the same side of the field, well, God bless the fullback who's there uh, on, on trying to deal with a counter attack as well. Yeah. And I thought that was apparent in the first half um, against Manchester United, specifically down that left the United left wing when Luke Shaw um, oh. John McGinn was sucked into the center as well. And Matty Cash was lammed for the slaughter for the last 10 minutes of the first half. I thought yeah. uh, they very much got that going, but um, I think more so the biggest thing, yeah, the biggest thing there is that. Uh, like Ings was a 1-2 and striker at Southampton and we need to regain that form. Ollie Watkins obviously had a very, very good first season in the Premier League. Last season he was in and out and we can't afford to have another season whereby we are... Not that we struggled for goals last season but we can't afford to have another season whereby, you know, maybe... We're just one element away because last season we thought the number six was the element we were missing, yeah, and yeah, I, know, I know what you're saying, yeah. it was. Yeah. And now we can't be talking about oh, well, if we only signed somebody like Luis Juarez in a free transfer, don't kill me for that. I just couldn't think of any other striker that would have been out there that would be been readily available <laughs> that has been linked with Aston Villa at this moment in time. And don't come at me with the Victor Arn or whatever his name is from uh, from from Napoli and all these big big guns because Villa were never really linked with those guys, Um so that's the only reason I picked uh, picked Luis Suarez. You know,
1: you know um, sorry. yeah, I was Excuse just going to say, do you know, you know, what Danny Ings though, like you know, he's a finisher, right? Do you, do you like he is what he is? He's not gonna, he's only, he's limited what he's gonna do, but he score goals. Do you think we're creating enough chances for him? Genuinely, that's the no. thing.
2: That's the thing. And that's why that's why you can't have because Ings is going to come and look for the ball. He's going to want to create his own chances. And if Coutinho is there as well, they get sucked into the same areas of the field. And that's why they're they're going to be slow on the break to, to, to get back both of them. So when they're taking up the same amount of space, it creates so much, so much more space for the counterattack. And that's that's what I meant with the two of them playing together. That they're kind of hovering around the same areas and it's creating issues. Uh, creating issues for us when we're when it, our transition from being an attacking team then back to defence because John McGinn does pull centrally an awful lot and he wasn't oh, yeah. without blame I think for for a lot of those yeah. counter attacks yesterday as well so definitely the chance creation piece um the Ings nearly isn't patient enough and he nearly kind of wants to take the bull by the horns himself and then we get bogged down of having everyone in the same area of the field, um, for sure. Talk to me, Mark. Um, so I suppose just to kind of, I'm, I'm just conscious at the time here, and I don't want to, don't want to take up all your day. But talk to me about who you think, and I think we've probably already just came across maybe one of the losers one of the winners, and one of the losers of the, of the tour. But talk to me about who you feel were the winners and losers from the Aston Villa point of view, and we didn't even get to talk about some of the kids. So bring those up if you feel it. There, yeah,
1: yeah. Um, I think definitely Bailey, as we said. Um. Buendia I think, should be, but whether he will be is another thing, because I don't know mm-hmm. what he has to do to get in the team personally. Or does Gerard just want want options off the bench? I suppose mm. that's probably a thing as well, you know, because he does come on hungry. Um, I thought Kess- Kessler Hayden was very good um, yes. in, in any. He, he's actually really good to watch, and it was scary watching himself and uh, Bailey on the same wing together the other day in full flight, the pace of the two of them. And I have a feeling he might be kept around this year because I don't think Freddie Gilbert's got anywhere near the team to be honest.
2: No, it sounds like the, like Gilbert wasn't even in. wasn't even in the twenty five yesterday. Um, yeah, He wasn't yeah. even in the match day twenty five. So I I think that I think that he's not long for this road, uh, Freddie Gilbert. And look, Ken Kessler Hayden has all the talent in the world. I think it would still even be as beneficial for him to stay and learn behind Matty Cash. Like Matty Cash is number one right back. I saw some things on oh, social yes. media last and, night. And, he, said, should be, and he should be. He's he not. Be. But yeah. He 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 is. Like you have to bear in mind as well that when when Ken Kessler Hayden came on, he was playing against the young. Uh, a young Dutch guy that had only just joined the club uh th- two and a half weeks ago as well and he basically made him basically ate his lunch to be honest with you with his pace. I know he played really well, don't get me wrong. And he's all the talent in the world, but I think it's probably a small bit premature to say,
1: well maybe is he going to push Maddy cash for a starting spot oh, No, I think I don't Matty think cash is push, up I, there. I think they might he might be kept around as the backup oh yeah I, I might be wrong no but um what I what I what I what I thought about him in the two games that I say, him is that uh, he does, like, he's obviously not, positionally, he's not there, like, nowhere near it. But <laughs> he almost, he almost naturally does what Gerhard expects of his fullbacks. He just has it mm. in him, gets forward on, on uh, like, initiative, you know, just straight away. It's just, he's always looking to go forward. And, like, yeah. I just, I just, I just thought it was impressive. Like, he's not going to house many cash, nor should he. But yeah. I was just, I was just very impressed watching him and Bailey just absolutely slice them apart with the speed. Because we don't have that. We don't yeah. have a in the team. And And we don't have ball carrying ability.
2: uh, And and myself and Paddy have been long on the road of saying. You know what? I wouldn't rule out a move further far further up the field and maybe playing a Kessler Hayden in front of a Maddie Cash at some yeah, stage yeah. during the season. If we were going to go with more wider players, maybe, you know, mm-hmm. and something to like it's not beyond the realms of possibility because while he's brilliant going forward, that's never in doubt. He is a bit reckless in his positioning in defense, but that's just the frivolity of youth, I think. And that's something that he will pick up. And even when we were speaking to to the Swindon um to the Swindon podcast last uh in, in my loan oh, Watch. Yeah. I don't know whether it was on the pod or off the pod. He said, This guy's a fantastic talent, He's going to be great. But sometimes he needs to learn that, you know, it's not right or over stuff and you can't just go kamikaze up the field. And that's completely, as I say, we've got, we all like it's it's completely understandable that he would be at that, that uh, part of his development at the moment. But it's something that can be learned, I suppose. But you can't learn the pace and the ball carrying ability he has. So you don't want to knock that out of your miter. For sure, um, give me give me a couple of words on Cameron Archer. Uh, we complete, I completely breezed over him in the Leeds game, but Cameron Archer came on, and uh, uh what 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 did you make of him in the in, in the short period that he was on the field?
1: Uh, look, I, I, I think his biggest role came in the Townsville game that I wasn't at, yes, so it's, yes. uh, I was watching on TV. But <laughs> look, I not I certainly wouldn't be a. Uh, basing it on last night's performance, I wouldn't be kicking out things or Hawkins off the team before him, you know. I think he, there's definitely talent there and his movement is good and you can see it, but I, I don't see anything but a loan to the Championship for a first season, really, mate. to be honest, you know. I, um, I think it all
2: depends on who we bring in and I, I actually think we come home from this tour of <laughs> Australia and go, I think we need a striker. I think Steven Gerrard yeah. will sit down and go, I think we need to bring somebody in. I think we need to... Because Keenan Davis ain't it, and, and he's going to go back out again, whether it's on loan or on a, on a full transfer. Um, yeah, Cameron Archer will be kept around, but I think there'll be a fourth body brought in there for sure. Who it is, I could not tell you. I think it's going to be one of these, oh, Ludwig Augustinsson, yeah. never never, never on the radar at all. <laughs> he just signed all of a sudden. It could be something like that
1: where I we just, do our business um,
2: in the shadows again.
1: I was just thinking that... um like. I, I think that, he, like, he it would. I know it's it's such an obvious one, but he probably will be sent off down to Michael Beale or Dean Smith for a season, you know? Go get Maybe. yourself 20 goals, That, Oh, yeah. Like, I just, I don't, I know we need goal scorers. There's no doubt about that. But it's just, we, he could be a long, long term striker for us. He could save us millions down the run. And if you're not going to be, if he's not going to be playing week in week out, what's, like, why not send him the championship and score 20 goals mm. for himself? And, you know, like, that's, that's the reality of it. Like, but as you say, it all depends on who we bring in. I think yeah. if they find a suitable replacement, you'd probably vote on loan. but if they don't find anyone, you're going to need to treat strikers with just five subs, yeah. you know?
0: I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press one. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press two. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today. 'Cause
2: with his new contract, Villar, Villar looking at him long term. It's not like twenty twenty two, twenty three season ain't gonna be the make or break of him with Aston Villa football club. Exactly. They've signed him to a long term long term contract i am I w I I'm I'm now convinced that I, I would keep him around. Um but if the club saw fit to loan him out, and as you said, he goes down to Michael Beal or something like that and bangs in twenty goals in the championship, that's still brilliant for his development as well. Yeah. Yes. I would be kind of looking going, oh, why don't, we've got a 20-goal 20, 20 uh, a season striker down the championship and we could have done with him ourselves. But I suppose the long-term vision of of, of what he can be is, is is something the club are also looking at to try and future-proof that too. But look, as I say, it all depends on who comes in. But the the, the big thing that came from this, the, from this trip is the kids are just fine. The kids are great. Oh, and we should be God. excited about the kids and we should put our arms around them and get used to hopefully having them here for a long, long period to come. I wanted to ask your
1: opinion on one thing, there, Neil. What do you think yes. of the curious case of Mark Morgan Sanson? It's so hard to work out what's going to happen with him. I thought it's he was just,
2: brilliant yesterday. I thought he was yeah, really he was good. and even
1: in the stadium. Again, he was one of those lads who come on and he just wanted to do something. Like you know, he's yeah. So it's, it's hard to work just Jared like him or not. You know, it's it's I don't know.
2: Well, you know, if you, t- hard, you think so of it this way, so he 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 got an opportunity to impress uh, more so on this uh, on this tour than somebody like a Burton Troy you know, so, and I know there, there are conflicting positions that they don't play in the same position, but I wouldn't be surprised if Sansan stayed around regardless. But also, I do think that there, it's 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 nailed on 100% that we're bringing in another central midfielder anyway, on top of that. But, uh, you know, I, I, think been- th- I think that they'll play cool with Sansan. They don't need to sell him, if that makes no. sense. And it was um, a good price.
1: It's not like you know. Didn't oh, yeah. we better sell him now before his value drops too much or whatever. Like you know, what I mean, it's, yeah. Never, it's never going to be a big hit in him if he goes off for five million in a year or two or whatever. You know, it's just yeah. whether he wants to stay around. You know, because he look, he looks like a guy who gets frustrated with that. playing, you know.
2: Yeah, absolutely, But uh, Himself and Douglas I thought were really good in the second half yesterday as I mean, well. Um,
1: so. I I think it'd be a huge mistake if we lose Douglas Luiz. I, I genuinely believe that. And, I, and I I think I, we're, I think I think we're fought- going to.
2: Do, well, I, I think we're going to find out maybe in the next week uh, if he's going to sign a contract or not, because I think he's open to signing a contract. I just think they need to find the right number for him, whereas, like, the character isn't open to signing a contract at the moment. Yeah. So he's been dealt with in one way. Douglas Louise is obviously a small bit more... Uh, I'm going to just come out and say it. He's probably handling it in a more mature way. that he, uh, he knows that there's a window, there's a shop window for him there. But at the end of the day, he's willing to stay with stay with Aston Villa as well, should the right offer come along. And to be he honest got with got you... He's himself
1: I, a bit more, you know? Carry,
2: uh, like... uh, yeah, I think so too, and, and and I think with Douglas Louise, I think the offer will be right. I, I just have a funny feeling that he'd stay. Alicia Lehman is signed on for another few, another year or two, I think, at Villa. And look, things seem to be rosy in the garden there. And I'm not saying that's the only thing that's going to tie him to Aston Villa, oh, I, know, but I,
0: yeah.
2: I think also what Villa would like to do is, I think Villa would see the see the, the the benefit in maybe going, okay, right, we were offering him. I'm going to pluck a number out of the sky and say we were offering him seventy grand a week. He wants 80. Listen, we pay 80. We'll maybe tag another year on to the end of his deal so that we future proof his price. And then if AC Milan come back for him next season, then he still is worth 35 million to us as opposed to going for free next season. So, you know, there's there's kind of there's there's financial games and there's business games that we played and contract signings as well. And sometimes the club might just look at it and go, Right, we just suck up the, the extra five or seven or ten grand or whatever he wants a week and we give it to him to future proof his 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 uh his uh our investment than him going forward so that we don't lose him for nothing and um... And I, and I think the, the club have been good with that the club have been historically good with that with the likes of yeah. uh, even with Jack Grealish you know consistently signing him to a new contract so he never got to a situation whereby no, he's going to lose mean. his value, his value is always going to be high because the club were in no position they didn't have to sell him unless they got the offer that they wanted for him and the less said about that the better. Mark mm-hmm. listen I've taken up tons of your time for a 15 minute podcast for 36 know. minutes, I really really appreciate the time Appreciate the time that you've given and the insight that you gave to specifically all the events that were run in in uh australia but in brisbane and port um I, I really really appreciate that and uh yeah as i say it's great to get your insight and and thanks a million for popping on today
1: no worries and uh just a, sh- a shameless plug there myself uh neil if uh um, you can, of course. we were on a we were on a podcast there a while back and paddy sent it on to you there but like we're gonna oh he did the, the three of us are going to they're going to be on that regularly now the three or four of us going to do it regularly so if you want to have a look at that and listen to that and like that yourself and Get an insight into that. It's going to be an uh, Irish lad, an Aussie
2: lad, and an English lad, and a Villa fan So it'll be a, a bit of a mix and Yeah. So it's yeah, the, what um, I'll do is I'll actually link to that podcast as well because it's an Aston Villa. It's Aston. All, you're all Villa fans, you know, based yeah, in I, Australia. It's like Aston Villa, Aston Villa Australian um, yeah. a podcast, essentially. Yeah, and that's good. That's great. That was a good listen. I listened to it last night, and actually, I'm into went open by saying that. But uh, look, it's only ten o'clock a.m. here in Ireland, so uh, yeah. the brain is still on, still, uh, still in first gear.
1: You wouldn't believe how well popular your uh, podcast is over here, like the amount of people when they heard my Irish accent over in Brisbane and stuff. Oh, I love the Love of Paul podcast. It's hugely popular. It as <laughs> soon as they hear my accent, they'll be like, uh, oh, Neil Paddy. Jesus. Uh. Like, oh,
2: <laughs> a lot of people tried to kill a lot of times over in Australia after listening yeah. to us. <laughs> <does. laughs> but no, that's, that's, that's good, good to it's hear. Good good Australia to know, like. is a stronghold for the, for the Love of Paul podcast. I like that. That's nice to that's hear. Good, like, Thank uh, you. Uh, <laughs> Excellent stuff. Well, Mark, uh, as I said, thanks very much for popping on. Thanks very much. We've had the bones of eighty people watching throughout the whole lot of this. I really, really appreciate it. If you give this a thumbs up, uh, I I really appreciate it. I'm going to link to to uh, Mark's podcast as well. To the link to the podcast in the podcast in in the the YouTube notes, and I'll also put out a, a Twitter uh, a Twitter piece on it later on as well. Because as I say, it was a really good listen. And uh, yeah, the, you can't have enough of the podcast because I think there's a space for every one of them. Uh, in the market at the moment, Um, and that's fantastic as well, but uh, Mark once again, thanks a million for popping on, and thanks to everybody for watching, we will be back myself and Paddy, will be back Probably he's back in the country tomorrow, and I know he's looking to get rare and to go as well. So he's a few, a few thoughts on the Man United game and on the Australian tour in in general. So I suppose I better let him get those off his chest because uh, we don't want those festering. <laughs> and then we'll be doing a we'll be doing a match preview for the Ren for the Ren game then later on in the week. We probably will get to we or we will definitely be doing a new season preview at some stage. I don't know whether it'll be this week or early next week. So stay tuned for that as well. But once again, Mark, I really appreciate your time today. Um, I. I'm going to guess and say it's about five o'clock in, in Australia at the moment. So enjoy the rest of your evening or afternoon. And uh, and thanks, William, for popping on again.
1: Cheers, man. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. All the best,
2: everyone. See you later. And all that's left to say is up the villa.
1: Up the villa.